This is Podcast Radio. I'm Mark Pendergast. Buying something you regret or buying something that you find cheaper elsewhere is always a regret. Alice Beer, you'll remember her from Watchdog, and this morning is here to talk about buyer's regret and why it's something that can be easily avoided with just a few simple steps. We're joined by consumer champion Alice Beer. Alice, how are you? I'm very, very good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. First question for you is, as a consumer champion, does that mean as a consumer championship that you are the champion of? Oh, uh... I was sort of thinking maybe it was you and Martin Lewis having an arm wrestle to decide who is the consumer champion. Does it not work like that? Oh, I see. I love love Martin Lewis. I, I would bow down to him and his massive team any day. Do you think you could beat him in an arm wrestle? Oh, yeah, I'd give him a go, actually. Do you know what? No, Martin is is very, very fit. Very fit. So I'm not sure, but actually I could, yeah, I could stare him down, I reckon. All right, we'll call you the champion then because you can stare Martin Lewis down. Yeah, do, do. We're here to talk about buyer's remorse, which is sometimes the most painful thing in life, isn't it? It really is. It really is. And especially now, you know, we're in a cost of living crisis and I'm fed up with hearing that phrase, just slow down, quieten the noise and the pressure to spend. And I've been looking at research that came out today that was commissioned by Capital One UK that found that over a third of Brits, 34% of Brits made purchases last Christmas that they later regretted. I mean, that we can't do that this year. That's not on. So we have to look at why we're spending that much is it because we're being pressured by social media what's our vulnerability is it that you know it's cheap clothing and what can we put you know what can we put in place to make sure that we slow down and we're not quite so reactive and making purchases we're going to regret i mean as i look i speak to you now i'm looking at a shark fin lamp that i bought an led one it changes colors but that that is pure buyer's remorse for me that's probably the the worst purchase of my life but when we talk about actually buying things that you regret. The other type of regret is when you buy something and then you see it for a good bit cheaper elsewhere. How do we avoid that? Well, you know, that's always going to happen. It's ups and downs, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? But if it's something that you want and you've done your research, then, you know, buy it at that price. There's always a price at which you are prepared to buy something. And I'm not one to sort of go nuts on a sale. If there's something that is fairly priced, and I think it's a reasonable price, then I'll make the purchase. I'm the person that will go into a clothes shop with my children and I'll pick something up and say, oh, that's a nice jumper, and I'll show it to them. And we'll all play the game. What would you pay for it? And if it's more than we would pay for it, if we say 30 quid and it's 49.99, we put it back, put the hanger straight back on the rail. And I think it's that sort of moment, that beat, that consideration that you don't perhaps get online. So I'm a big fan of filling your virtual basket, getting that adrenaline rush, put your shark fin light in the basket and then walk away from your basket. And you've either felt, oh, that was a fun shopping experience. I didn't actually need to buy them. I'm glad I didn't buy them. Or you wait until the email comes in to your box saying, hey, Alice, my best mate, left something in your basket. Come back. And here's a 5% discount code. So that's that's a win-win scenario. You either then go back to your basket and take the code, or you don't bother going back to your basket because you didn't really want it in the first place. I think that is sound advice. In terms of when we, you know, you say, do your research. Okay, that, that's a bit like when you say to kids doing their GCSEs, revise. 
Tell us what are the nuts and bolts, what are the best ways of doing our research? Is there any tools online we can use? Well, there are tools online, but there are also, there's various websites that are sound reviews that you're going to look up. I always choose a couple of good organisations where you know they review a wide range of products. They're not paid for by any company. You know, you can be quite sassy about looking where there's paid for content, you know, especially on social media. It's very obvious when being paid to promote something. So do your research and make sure, you know, there's a huge difference. Say you're going for one of those flipping air fryers if one more person asked me which they're about they're... To... alice don't diss an air fryer they're about to save the planet apparently i love air fryers but i just don't think that everyone needs them i've got one i use it i enjoy it but not everyone needs to buy one especially one that is the wrong model number for you so you know just buy the right thing the right capacity the right features if you're buying a printer is it the right model number how much are the cartridges when they to replace you know do your research don't let them pull the wool over your eyes and throw a bargain at you when it's not what you actually need look at your wish list wish easy for you to say wish list products and um, think about which ones you really want then think about how you're buying them if it's something that's over 100 quid if it's a big ticket purchase then maybe use your credit card carefully wisely and get that extra section 75 protection you know it's all about being slow being mindful being considered nothing rash and impulsive please i think that's wise advice i think a, a good way of describing this especially when you talked about the cartridges for to maybe replacing a printer well i will mention the two supermarkets lidon and aldi now when you go to the middle aisle there you can buy anything from a wine press <laughs> to a canoe etc but they do things like cordless drills or various other things that require replacement parts and they're only available for one week a year in the middle of Lidl or the middle of Aldi. So it's, it's, you've got to be really careful that you buy something and if you need to buy replacement parts for it or cartridges, etc., that they are easily available. That's, that's another way of getting good value, isn't it? Even though it might be slightly more expensive what you buy. Absolutely. And that the machine that you're buying is not going to be obsolete next year. So you won't be able to buy those replacement parts full stop. We have another word for that aisle in, in my family, another phrase for it, but I'm not, obviously not going to use it now. But yes, if you look at something and it's super cheap, like that printer might be incredibly cheap. They virtually give printers away these days. It's because that's not where they make the money. They make the money on the, you know, the replacement cartridges, you know, those coffee pod machines, they make the money on the pods. So just be careful that you're not sort of entering into a contractual agreement with this, with a company for years, you know, years to come, when actually all you wanted to do was buy a little coffee machine or a printer. I think that is very wise and something that a lot of people don't really think about. You as a journalist, you're obviously you consume a champion, you've been on Watchdog, you've been on, or you're on this morning currently as well. Do you mm -hmm. know, more and more, I suppose, is the cost of living crisis. Sorry, I've mentioned it again. But more and more, are you feeling a real responsibility in your job? I really am. And I'm feeling that since I started, which was many, many decades ago, I've noticed this real sort of empowerment of the little guy. It used to be that on Watchdog and when I started That's Life, you would name and shame these companies and you would do the work for people, um, shaming companies so that they could get their money back or something a wrong would be righted. But over the last 20 years, the little guy, you and me, the shopper, has been empowered 
And with social media and online presence, we can write our own wrongs. We now can download templates for complaining letters. But this situation now has just swept that power from under our feet. If you don't have any money and you cannot pay for your, your energy, you cannot pay to put a meal in front of your child at night, you're not empowered. And I feel completely powerless to help people in those circumstances. All I can do is advise people that purchases are not going to make you feel better. They're not going to put food on the table, They're not going to improve your situation, no matter how jolly and perfect that social media image is. I just wish there was something more I could do apart from, you know, join in with the consumer campaigners in trying to get some kind of political swing that would help people pay their fuel bills and put food in front of their children because it's desperate, desperate times. And a purchase is not going to help that. I think you're probably underplaying yourself there because surely you must have had people come up to you and speak to you and say, you know, the simple piece of advice you gave me has been life-changing. You know, because if you're, if you're on the breadline and you can make a difference of £100 or £50 or, or whatever it is, that, that can be life-changing because once you spiral into debt, it gets bigger yeah. and bigger, doesn't it? Well, I hope that what people see me do on social media and on television is just speak about small things. If I'm doing an item on, let's mention air fryers again. If I'm doing an item on air fryers, I will cook with every single one of them before I tell you that I think this is a good purchase. So I will give you reliable advice. But a lot of the people who are on social media are just presenting an object because they're being paid to do so. And I think that's making people very vulnerable. I mean, if we go back to this research by Capital One, they said that 50% of the people aged 25 to 34 felt social media platforms encourage them to buy stuff they never actually needed. So that's a terrible thing to be doing in this cost of living crisis, that we are mentally bombarding people who are fragile anyway with things that will apparently make their life better. And they won't. They're just going to make their life worse because they can't afford them. So I hope that by supporting people, empowering people, getting them help. And I'm always there. I can't help everyone, but I'm always there on social media. If somebody has got a problem and I feel I can help them, I will off air and off TV. I will help them. But, you know, I'm pretty much a one man band. But people like Martin Lewis, obviously brilliant, brilliant consumer journalists and can help many, many more people. So we do what we can, but it's it's tough time. It is. And I think the main thing I can take from that is an air fryer is not going to solve any of your problems in life, is it? No, it's not. And it might be, you know, we're saying, look at things that are cheap to use. Well, if you've already got a microwave, yes, that's a cheaper way of cooking your baked potato than putting it in the oven. But I am not suggesting you go out and spend 200 quid on a microwave because you're then going to struggle to pay your energy bill next January when you're 200 quid light. So it's all about balance. It's all about balance and talking to your family and having open conversations about the financial situation and getting help where you can. Seems to be, doesn't it? It's a a cycle. I'm just thinking about it as you spoke there. You know, obviously, media outlets need to produce more and more content. And the hot topic at the moment is, I mentioned it again, the cost of living crisis. So you, you throw out these things like an air fryer will save you money in the long run if you have the air fryer mm-hmm. for 60 years, for example, and never never change it. And these things get picked up and they, they roll with it. And that, that's also a danger as well, isn't it? We get sucked into these quick fixes. We can't quick fix something that is a big problem. 
Yes, and also it's a fun thing. It's a distraction. In difficult times, it is a distraction. So yes, if you are finding the monotony of struggling to feed your family, you know, just too much and too boring, then yeah, maybe an air fryer would be good. But if you buy a cheap one for, you know, 20 quid and the plastic cracks in two weeks, then, you know, you're just 20 quid down and and feeling, certainly feeling buyer's remorse. Well, thank you very much for speaking to us, Alice. And we only mentioned cost of living crisis and air fryers, I think, 16 times in that interview, so not too bad. I know, I know. And I feel we've been a bit of a Debbie Downer. Listen, I get help and do mindful, mindful spending. Consumer champion Alice Beer. And for more big name interviews, just go to the website podcastradionetwork.com. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor. And every week, I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.